0: And I'm Mandy. And you're listening to Ice Scream Sunday, where we talk about horror movies and anything else we decide we want to talk about. Yes. (laughs) I
1: love our theme song. I always like really get into bopping to it and then it cuts me.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I know the whole the whole thing is actually really good. And it's like a public domain surf rock Halloween song, which I just think is I mean Bless the person who wrote it. Yeah, um, but anyway, today we are talking about um, a movie that I have um, inflated in my mind for many, many years yes, because me I watched too. <laughs> it when I was in high school, and I thought it was like the best and creepiest and most fascinating movie ever. Um, and that is the Bone Collector. Now. Isn't there like a modern wasn't there a modern take on the bone collector? Or am I wrong? Didn't someone do something with it recently? Was it a TV show on stars? Yeah, that sounds right. I think it was a TV. I don't think it was a movie, but I think it was a TV show. Oh. And I haven't, obviously I haven't watched it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pulling it up right now. Um I'm just gonna read it straight from Wikipedia. You ready? Yes. On January 2019, it was announced that NBC had Given the production, a pilot order under the name Lincoln based on the Bone Collector novel, and it was shopped to the networks, it would have been called Lincoln Rhyme Hunt for the Bone Collector and premiered January 10th uh, to 2020. It was the pilot episode was released um, January 1st, 2020, ahead of its network debut. So, so. did
0: it ever air in full?
1: Um it was canceled after one season. ye
0: Okay. Well that I mean rewatching the movie um sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me now. Yeah. <laughs> this
1: <laughs> I I I I think I told you that like when we were discussing doing this it like occurred to me how um important this movie was in my formative years when yeah. i like transformed into like a creepy true true crime true crime kid
0: yeah same here i mean i feel the same way like i i had put this as a as a high school child i put this on the same level as like seven mm-hmm. and um you know silence of the lambs yeah and like like that's where I put it mm-hmm. as a child. And I now I need to rewatch Flatliners, uh, because I need to know if <laughs> if just all my judgment is off or it was just this movie. I'm not sure.
1: It's funny um, you make those comparisons because the director, Philip Noyce. Like, went on to say that he regretted making this movie because he felt like he was just falling in line with, like, the factory product uh, horror movies that came out after Seven. Like, he admitted full out, like, I feel like this was a carbon copy.
0: Yeah, I mean, Seven was, Seven was so good. Yeah. Um Ugh, it was so good. And I know that it holds up and I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I love David Fincher like so much. Yeah. Um, even though I thought Panic Room sucked big time. But um, I still love David Fincher. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, like I, I think it's because I was like very into movies like 7 anything that was in that vein i thought was really cool yeah um that it really struck me and and this was also like i said this this i had watched as a double feature uh in high school after a dance so we watched the bone collector and we watched gothica ooh <laughs> um Halle berry was in the news uh <clears throat> we won't get into that uh <laughs> but but yeah i I remember too, I mean, just like just like the last 10 seconds of Friday the thirteenth like fucked with me for a really long time. The beginning of the Bone Collector, where he turned the locks in the cab into like really sharp points uh that were that like cut people if they tried to get out of the cab. Uh-huh. That I had a very real fear of that uh for a long time for many years. Yeah.
1: Well it's like movies you watch in that era. Like this I watched I was in junior high and around the time I'd also watched like Urban Legend and everything. So that with like the pointy taxi doors, it's like along the lines of like how I always like look under my car and in my backseat before I go off to drive yeah. anywhere.
0: I mean, that's only rational. Everybody does that, right? (laughs) Uh, Everybody grabs their keys like to stab people, right? No, okay, just just women. Just yeah, yeah. Actually, that's very true. Just women. Um, uh, So I just came back from a nine-mile walk, and I would say for. Four and a half miles of that walk, or five miles of that walk. I was listening to an audiobook uh called "The Overdue Life of Amy Byler." Oh, and it's about a librarian. Uh, okay, so it's great. And <laughs> it's 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 like a it's like a Jennifer Weiner type. Chicklet, but I even hate I hate the term chicklet, but it's like an easy way to make an association in your mind. Yeah, um, but it's like a Jennifer Weiner book, or or like um, like a Devil Wears Prada type of type of book. Uh huh. Um, oh, let's say Helen Fielding. That's more complimentary. Yeah, uh, and and uh, it's yeah. So it's about the school librarian, and she. Lives in Pennsylvania, and then she has, uh, she's a she's a mom, and she like gets to take a vacation for a month in New York, and they call it a mom springa, like rum springa. Oh Jesus, Uh, her chance. She doesn't like that term. Uh, it was her friend works at a magazine, and she's like writing a story about her, and she's like, this is that's not a real thing, you guys. It's not real. Um, but anyway, uh. The point is she was like out to dinner with somebody and she said something about like getting and like, uh, like, like worrying that a cabbie would be a serial killer. And she was like, there was a movie like that wasn't there. And I was like, ah, this is so weird that I'm about to record about the bone collector and she's talking about the bone collector in this book. So I just had to mention that and also say it's been a, it's, it's not like this, a uh, profound read and you know it's not like this leanne moriarty mystery or anything like that yeah or ruth ware or whatever but it's very it's like a very sweet good book and a very good outdoor walk read or like a commute read so um a, a, a uh, literary
1: bonbon if if you're. yeah
0: Yeah, like I strongly recommend it. And if you like uh, libraries (laughs) and if you like people uh, having like uh, making Malcolm Gladwell jokes and uh, catcher in the rye jokes, you'll like this book. (laughs) That
1: was a really good endorsement.
0: Thank you. Yep. I'm uh, not sponsored, but uh, I have been an Audible user for almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in December. So, Audible, you should sponsor us uh, because. I'm one of your best customers.
1: <laughs> or anyone should sponsor us, really.
0: Yeah, really. Uh, uh, Wink, uh, I buy a lot of your wines. I have asked you to sponsor me on many podcasts. I'm going to say it again here. Please uh, give me more wines. <laughs> All right. But anyway, i um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things at the very beginning of this movie that have stuck with me uh, for my whole life. Yeah. And one thing was like the pokey, pokey locks in the back seats and then that really creepy um, uh, rear view mirror decoration. Yeah. Like the noose. What is that? Is it like a monkey in a noose or what is it? it? I, I've read it as a monkey in a noose. Yeah, the thing is creepy as hell. Um So that has always stuck with me. Um, And I didn't remember, like, I didn't remember, though, the the beginning with Lincoln. Yeah. So Denzel Washington's character, um, like, basically waking up from a bad dream because he sees himself, like, in the sewer, like he's going to rescue someone and it's him right yeah. isn't that yeah i was like that looks like him and then he's like wait what and then he looks up and then something hits him yeah and he passes out and comes to in his hospital bed uh in his and and at first you think it's the hospital and then you realize it's his house at least that's the way that i interpret it
1: his really really sweet apartment
0: yeah it's a really cool apartment uh well you know he's He's written a lot of books, yeah, and apparently they did well because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's got that that sweet best selling author money, apparently. And um, so we we learned pretty quickly that he he has been paralyzed. Uh, most of his body is paralyzed, and uh, and then we it, it goes pretty fast in terms of getting our first victim. And it's like this person you don't even feel bad for. Cause it's like this asshole landing at an airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he's just like, oh, we gotta go here. Yeah. Hey, you, you know, you are, you are born and you live and exist to serve me. So why don't you take me to fifth Avenue? It's like, well, oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but they fall asleep in the cab and his wife wakes up and realizes that they are a long way from where they should be. Um, and she's being polite about it. He's just being a dick. And then they realize pretty quickly that they can't get out of the car because the stabby, you know, locks and the, and the doors won't open. And they're just like slamming on the windows, trying to get out. And I would say just like so many movie villains, one of the things that makes this bone collector character creepy is that he doesn't say anything yeah uh, which is uh always always scary and he's and he's shrouded in mystery he's like our zodiac killer <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh, lincoln uh lincoln wakes up uh after uh, like after the scene lincoln wakes up he uh gets in a vodka slash juice argument with thelma played mm-hmm. by queen latifah um and then he's got, he's got like a tech named Richard who's helping him. Um, and, and then he's consulting with Dr. Barry, who it sounds like he's pretty hopeful that they could do some nerve regeneration. Yeah. And, and Lincoln's just like, and this, this starts the long conversation about being vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Uh, and Lincoln's like, no, cause any moment I could have the seizure that just makes me a vegetable and he wants, he wants to die in his own terms. He doesn't want to be completely helpless. Um, and then we cut to Amelia's character, Amelia's house and, and we meet Amelia and, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Oh, my God. It's Bobby... Cannavale or something? Is it Cannavale? Okay, that's what I thought. So he's in, like, everything, right? And I was like, oh, my God. Um, it's that guy. Um, he's in all the movies. Yeah. And um, and he doesn't even get a name in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's just credited as, like, Amelia's Am- boyfriend.
0: Amelia's boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> but because he's basically in just that scene, right? yeah. So that's like, I mean, this is before he had like decent co-starring roles and he quite a he, few movies. He
1: exists to establish that she's emotionally closed off.
0: Yes, exactly. Um so yeah, she's you know all about her job and she's this crappy upstart cop, and she's a she's, beat cop. She's a beat cop and she's transferring and she wants to work with the youths. Hmm. Um which you know, some people seem supportive of and some people are like, but why youths? And she's like, just trust me. Um, we'll find out later. <laughs> and um, so then she gets they get a call and she she decides to take it and she finds the two bodies, or no, just one body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She finds the body of the jerky asshole dude. <laughs> um buried under rocks because his hand was like sticking out yeah and this is back when we had cardboard cameras
1: do they not still sell these me and nick got into like a debate over where whether or not we could still pick one of these up
0: you can still buy one okay yeah they still exist um it's just like
1: i do just online
0: does i think you can still get them from walgreens I feel like Walgreens. Walgreens still has like cassette tapes behind the counter. I swear to Christ. So I think you can still get them at Walgreens. Um, But it's just interesting because she's like, you know, those cardboard cameras. Because it was kind of like a new trendy thing in the early 2000s and late 1990s. So it's it's weird to be like, do you know of this ancient technology now? but yeah, so she's snapping pictures of the scene, and um, she finds a footprint. And she uses a dollar for scale uh, to get an idea of what size the footprint was, um, and we find out that the woman is still alive and she's being dragged down to some layer. Yeah, um, and uh, and like it's pretty quick that Amelia's work and her studiousness gets questioned by men. Yes. Blah.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, it really bothered me um how pushy Lincoln was to, like, push her into, like, this new role.
0: Yes, 100%. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um
1: And because he's just like, you took great photographs. You have, like, great um instincts and i'm just thinking like she took like shitty photographs with a cardboard like camera what kind of movie would this had been if like the small boy had had the wherewithal to do that and then lincoln's like you have great natural forensic skills pushing you in little buddy and cut that woman's hands off we need the cuffs and the kid would be like oh geez i think he's like a stage mom. Yeah."
0: You know what I mean? Like he wants to live vicariously through somebody else because yeah. he's physically unable to do it. And that really um, is very
1: unhealthy to me.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. The, like I said, I have a lot of issues with this movie. I'm yeah. not happy with it anymore and I used to love it and not and then I was like, "Oh, don't know why I felt that way." Um but I will say I um I was really happy with Ed O'Neill's role in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) He's so great in everything. He's so supportive. He is, and I just, like, I I love when he plays, like, a good guy, because I just think he's the best. Yeah. Um. So I got really excited. I was like, oh, Ed, o- Ed O'Neill is better than I remember in this movie. Ed O'Neill is
1: the only good man in this movie. Hun-
0: that's exactly how I felt. I was like, this is, like, a redeeming, you know, a redeeming character where he... Yeah, he's he's like very respectful. Um, uh, didn't like talk over anybody. Um, understood uh, Lincoln's position on things, and also appreciated Amelia, and kind of like knew his place, and you know didn't overstep his bounds. And he's the only person who did that (laughs) in the whole movie. The only. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because he wasn't really featured that much. It was mostly just like, oh, chauvinist men thinking that Amelia wasn't good enough. And also, yeah, it was like they weren't respecting the things that she was doing, but they also, on the other side, didn't respect that she wanted to have a specific assignment. Yeah. um, Didn't respect her
1: boundaries.
0: Yeah, for like self-preservation reasons, just really terrible. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's see. We start to see Lincoln having seizures pretty early, um, and you also see him start to piece things together early. So he at first thinks that the case has to do with ransom. Um, he has he has a seizure, um. And then when he comes out the other side, he's still, like, working on the evidence. Yeah. And this is my – one of my – so, I don't know. Have you watched The Net?
1: Yes. A long time ago. Have you watched The about. Net?
0: Okay. So, you haven't watched it in, like, the last few years?
1: No, probably not in the last decade, if I'm oh being my perfectly God.
0: honest. It's really fun to go back and watch The Net um, because the shit that was, like – revolutionary then is like very mundane now like um there's a there's a part in the net i i ended up i watched it for like a class in grad school about the internet um we watched that you've got mail and war games and one of war games yeah i love all of those movies um I really love you've got mail, and I don't even feel bad about saying that. Oh we're no, there's no shame, no right shame. Though.
1: That is, you got mail is like a plush blanket on a cold day.
0: Yeah, it's a very satisfying movie, and it it actually, even though it's it's stuck in a very particular time, it still holds up because yeah. it's a it's a very classic story. But anyway. Um, The net, there's like a part where Sandra Bullock is ordering pizza Uh um online, and it's and it's like what a crazy notion that you could order a pizza. (laughs) I do remember that. Yeah, and it's like so crazy. And in this movie, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, which I enjoy seeing 20 years later. So um him calling someone via voice command uh, on his computer and then watching a virtual Rolodex flip yeah. around was the best. Um, also, so. oh, also, can I t-
1: one thing I noticed about this and was like, this the first type of movie that had that trope that you see in like a lot of um crime shows? where it's like he gloms on to something like very inconsequential and then goes like on a, like a connector thing. Like, Oh, this person was killed at community college, community, calm, communications. The perp was a communications major.
0: Yes. yes. (laughs) There was so much of that. I, I have a, I have a a comment about that based on later on when they, when they talk about like the stockyards, that's like, that's like the scene where it's particularly bad. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, he spends a lot of time trying to piece together little pieces of paper Mm -hmm. um, that look like nothing because they're zoomed in so, so much. Um, You want to know, actually you want to know who did that type of thing the best that I have ever seen it. Ah, uh, the Great Mouse Detective <gasps> yes, the scene where they line up the bullets is seriously the best. And I believe that it's that still holds up. <laughs> the Great Mouse
1: Detective is um, and I'm not um here to argue with anybody, so don't bring me any of your arguments is the best adaptation of Sherlock Holmes to ever exist.
0: I agree. I strong agree. That movie, that movie was so underrated and so genius. And that particular part where he's sitting there and he's just like, and he's just trying to get the bullets, the little grooves on the bullets to line up just right. Yeah. I'll never forget that. I'll never, as long as I live, forget that scene. So obviously the, I mean like that piece of forensics in that movie was so good um much more enthralling than these pixelated blurry ass pieces of paper that i don't care about yes um oh my my biggest problem with this movie is i okay zodiac i don't did you ever read the books i'm guessing you watch the movie
1: mm-hmm. i've read i've uh, read a lot of literature on the zodiac and i've seen the movie
0: okay so you read robert Graysmith's books Mm, like the car- the cartoonist played by Jake Gyllenhaal who did all the shit.
1: Probably. I burned through like a lot of true crime between the ages of like 12 and 22.
0: Okay. So yeah. So Robert Graysmith wrote two books on the Zodiac Killer and his books were credited with being one of the reasons that they got as far as they did in the case. Right. Yeah. And. That mystery that (laughs) real story was actually very deep and involved and required a lot of thought and required amateur code breakers and all this shit and it was deep right like it and the movie speaking of david fincher the movie was exactly what happened like they had to leave some things out yeah. in the in interest of time, but nothing that happened in the movie was incorrect. It yeah. was all exactly what happened in real life, which never happens in a movie. And I, I I had a lot of friends who thought Zodiac was a really boring movie. And I was like, well, if it's boring to you, it's just because it's actually what happened. Like, Yeah. That's real life. <laughs> I didn't
1: think it was boring at all. And no, me neither. And the fact that the case in itself was so naturally enthralling that they didn't need embellishment. Like, yeah. what a time to be alive.
0: Freaking amazing. Like, the whole, I mean, everything about how that ran, everything about how this person's mind worked, how he manipulated people into not communicating with each other is wild like that that actually happened and that existed my point is that was actually deep I feel like the bone collector is like trying to be deep but isn't it's like that guy in college who has glasses and wears a scarf and you're like oh he's totally introspective and then you're like oh no he just dresses like he is and I was drunk that one night and now that I'm talking to him sober, I realize he's dumb as shit. And he thinks it's okay to get C's. Uh, and he says to me, C's get degrees. And I'm like, why am I having sex with this guy? This isn't based on my real life. Yes, it is, actually. Um, <laughs> this, is,
1: this is, this is um. I'll do you another. This is, the bone collector is like, if you go into the original fiction section of the website Wattpad, it reads like a 14-year-old who is really into um, the Hannibal Lecter books and wanted to write something inspired. So not a fan fiction, but inspired by.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like the Fifty Shades of Grey to Twilight. Or the 365
1: Days to Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Wait, someone did a fan fiction on a fan fiction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Shut
1: the fuck it's up. this Polish lady wrote uh, this the series, a trilogy of books. It's basically a fan fiction. Correct me if I'm wrong. A fan fiction of Fifty Shades of Grey called 365 Days. It's on uh, the movie adaptation of the first book is on Netflix. It is nasty. I do not recommend it.
0: Wait, so she I mean, did, she was aware that Fifty Shades of Grey was a fan fiction based on Twilight, right? I don't know. Oh perhaps. my god, <laughs> this is just sad. This makes me so sad. Um, but yeah, totally. It's like high school me thought this was really deep, and then I look at it now and I go, "You are just a dumb person. What was wrong with you? What were you thinking?" And the and the fucked up thing is, I like like I'm saying, yeah, I really like when Zodiac came out. I ate that shit up. I read all of Robert Graysmith's books. I thought it was absolutely. Fascinating, And I thought it was really cool. Uh, I, I mean, being a journalism major and a writer, I think it's really cool when like journalists and cartoonists are like solving mysteries. I'm like, that's so cool. You know, like we yeah. can do cool things. But this is like actually... Not that deep. The clues are not that compelling. And I was not engaged in it the way I was when I was a kid at 1 a.m. watching it Mm -hmm. with all my girlfriends. I think we all egged each other on, too. Yeah,
1: I, I, I will say, without this movie, without this movie... A whole busload of 12 and 13 year old Lutheran girls would not have the working knowledge of the Ed Gein story that they Oh yeah,
0: tell me tell me about that. You, oh. <laughs> you Texted me about that.
1: So, um this movie was basically like my gateway true crime uh movie. And after that I would like watch things like um I believe after this one it went psycho and then silence of the lambs. And then someone was like, Oh, you know, like that's some of that's inspired by like a real person. And I'm like, Oh, okay. They're so like, and that real person lived in Wisconsin in Plainfield. I'm like, Well, I have to research this. And so I, I had devoured just about every Ed Gein book my library had. Uh, when I was in like this the eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. And then, um, we went – for my church, we went on uh, this, like, Lutheran retreat to Wisconsin Dells to go stay at, like, the Chula Vista Resort and, like, listen to, like, poppy Christian music and do, like, trust yeah. exercises. And we uh, – the, the, um, the pastor's wife, his daughter, and, like, her group put me in their carpool, in their van, and we had to go through Plainfield. And so here's me, where, like, at that age, um, I had a really hard time reading the room. Um, I had a really hard time with my filter, particularly when it involved my hyperfixations. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, ooh, ooh, you know what this is, and launched into (laughs) this in-depth lecture on Edgeen and then um finished it off with a really terrible Ed Gein joke that my uncle told me that I didn't really understand at the time.
0: Do you want to tell that joke here or do you not want to tell that do joke? You want here? me to tell the joke. It's it's I mean It's bad. It, it's it's up to you. It is a hundred percent up to you.
1: Okay. I'll tell it. I'll just okay. So, like, the whole setup of the joke is you go up and be like, hey, did you know that um, Eddie Gein made uh, made uh, women's purses out of men's foreskin? And then the person's supposed to be like, what? Really? And then you're supposed to be like, yeah. <laughs> you rub it and it turns into a suitcase. And um, I told this joke, I didn't know what foreskin was when I told this joke. I just knew that my uncle was like laughing and I looked up to my uncle and I'm like, well, he's a funny guy. So it must be good material. And I should be able to repeat it in front of like my pastor's wife and, my, and the pastor's kid.
0: <laughs> How did they react to that?
1: <sighs> Claudia was so sweet to me. Like, very gentle. She's like, okay, I don't think that's, like, van conversation. Like, she was a very, very, wow. very, very sweet woman.
0: That's really nice of her. Yes. Um not, like, totally, like, call you out, you know? Yeah, no.
1: Pastor Mark and Claudia were the best people, period. Um, and, like, the day that they, like, moved to, like, teach – they, like, moved to, like, Tomahawk, like, a couple years later, and I – was inconsolable the last church service so that says a lot wow but yeah very understanding but like very much like um we're done talking about this mandy <laughs> wow
0: oh my god i i've done a lot of uh of uh church trips road trips plane trips uh, a lot of Girl Scout road trips. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I said something crazy at some point, but I'm not, I, I can't quite remember exactly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I ever, I mean, I, I don't think I ever said anything to that degree. Yeah. Um, that I remember. I feel like I would remember if I did. hmm Um I don't have anything else to add. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had no friends back then. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Like I have told you before, like I said, I, I would say fifth grade was probably I mean, I, I hit peak I had peak different types of weirdness, like at different ages, but I would say like peak weirdness was probably like fifth grade where I just had like no idea that people didn't give a shit about the same things I gave a shit yes. about. And I gave a shit about a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and but I was very, very interested. Like I got to ask my former teacher about this. I have her email and I, and I've been meaning to email her for a long time. And I know she would love to hear from me. She's like one of those people that like, you know, she's like, fr- she was like friendly with my mom and stuff. And she's yeah. like, she's like, you gotta like, you know, my mom was a guidance counselor. So like I had a, I had a different relationship with teachers than a lot of Kids growing up did because they were like my family friends, you know. So, like, I grew up, I like literally grew up with them. But one of them, she had like, and I had to ask her like what they were because I remember she had these magazines that were like conspiracy theories. Oh, in her classroom, this was like she was a fourth, fifth grade teacher. And so I had her for fourth and fifth grade, and they were like in a corner of her room. I don't like she was like a very like it's weird because she was a very science oriented teacher like science was her favorite subject to teach and she was so. I'm saying she was like very rooted in fact but then she also had these weird conspiracy theory books um, about like ufos and spontaneous combustion which was my particular uh topic of interest and and just all kinds of crazy stuff and she never she never said anything to me to the to the degree of like maybe you should be balancing those magazines out with other things yeah <laughs> and she never said i mean we were learning about like you know, astronomy and, like, the temperature of, of you know, different stars and whatnot and, you know, how to estimate things. what Like, I remember learning really important shit in her class. <laughs> she wasn't, like, a kook or anything like that, but it's just so strange that she had these books and that she didn't deter us from reading them or put them in context, and I'm not really sure why she did. <laughs> and then my friend and I, who were in that class – for our fifth grade science fair project, we wrote all about UFOs. So I feel like around that time, if you were talking to me, I would either be talking to you about that kind of stuff or Archie comics um, yeah. or uh, the weird shit I used to make my Barbies do, like <laughs> hang over pits of lava, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was like, I might, I'd go to my friend's house and they'd be like, we're going shopping. And I'm like, uh, so wait, your, your Barbies aren't in mortal peril. They're just, they're just shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fine. Uh, but I was lucky I had friends cause I was in Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah. So we all stayed friends for a pretty long time. Um, because of, because of scouting. Cause we were all together since we were daisies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of, that kind of, uh, smoothed out some of the waters and then I feel like in middle school I started to meet more people who are like weirdos like me and then by high school being weird was just like a normal thing so I was like well whatever everyone's weird and then it's like oh I guess it's not special um (laughs) but yeah the first the first association that they start making to go back to that um they they noticed that there were like oyster shells uh in in the dust and then they figured out like what steam junction where the victim was based on that somehow. And, um, they're trying to save her. Lincoln figures out by some clue. Like I said, the clues aren't that compelling really. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he finds out by the clue that she's going to get killed by four and they're trying to save her in time. See there, they, they go right now. You can hear them. They're going, this is an immersive experience. (laughs) Get there, you get there. um, and they almost make it, but they're not quite there in time and she gets burned up by the steam. Mm-hmm. And Amelia needs to gather evidence, but she's really bothered by all of this. Like, I mean, she wanted to like work with at-risk youths, and now she's gotta deal with a lady burned up by steam. Unpleasant. This Different is line of work.
1: My least favorite part of the film.
0: Absolutely. Cause I mean, because I mean, I think. God, I mean, when she said she wanted to be transferred to work with like the youth division, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, in this day and age with the conversations that we're all having as a country, if if a cop who was a beat cop decided that what they wanted to do is instead intervene uh, with with younger people who are maybe starting to go down the wrong track and mm-hmm. and nudge them in the right direction, that sounds like a great place for all cops to go.
1: Yeah, she like, she wanted to encourage life; she did not want to deal with death.
0: Exactly, and I thought that that was like a really that should be encouraged and rewarded and supported. But instead, she's she's down by this steam junction and she's got to gather clues and lincoln is once again pushing her into doing things that she doesn't want to do um and he's like well how about you saw off her hand to get her fingerprints right aren't there better ways to get like why not say hey do you have some scotch tape like, what the fuck? Like, And then, like, some, like, weak excuse, and she's, she's like, this
1: is, like, basically, this is not, like, this is above my pay grade. This is, like, something a medical examiner does, and they're, like, oh, they, they won't have the finesse. Dude, she's never done this
0: before. Right. He's, like, just saw it off. You're fine. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? That's, like, that takes a lot of, like mental preparation to be able to do something like that. I mean, and she, her career was headed in like the opposite direction. Uh So she's not interested in that. And I think it was really shitty of him to ask her to do that. And that like, so she's like, fuck this. I'm getting in a cab. And then we do see that she was like one cab away from getting into the cab. Yeah. Um, and then she gets back into her apartment. She hears something outside the door. So now she's starting to get paranoid. She grabs her gun, um, and the window is open and then she, and then who's, now is Solomon just like another, he's like, he's not her partner, right? He's just like someone else at the precinct or
1: like Ed O'Neill's underling.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he's like, I mean, that's the other thing too. There's like a lot of cops in this movie, but I don't feel like you get to know any of them. Mm -hmm. So it's very confusing. Um, but he's outside of her window which is the dumbest way to get into a building and he's like well your phone what you didn't have it's like couldn't you have like rung the the building like yeah couldn't and- you have like called someone else to get into the building and uh gone up the stairs and knocked on her door like there's like a bunch of ways you could have done this
1: or better couldn't you have just li- like left her the fuck alone
0: yeah, that would have been also appropriate. It was just so strange. And and uh yeah, so he's like trying to get a hold of her instead of just, I don't know, waiting till the next day or whatever. Yeah. And um this part really fucking was so shitty too, um where he sees her old model pictures and yeah. he's like, "Oh, from a model to a, to a street cop, huh?" And it's like, "What do you think? What like so, so what the mind fuck your, is your mind your business. What is your point? Yeah, and like, what are you trying to say? Like, oh, how far you've come? Like, being a model has nothing to do with your intelligence or what else you can do in your life. You can, you can be good at more than one thing. You dumb asshole. Anyway, <laughs> that drove me nuts. Like, yeah. it was like a oh, good for you. Like, I'm gonna pat you on the head because because now you're a cop. It's like, well. You know what? If this movie was set in 2020, she'd probably go back to modeling. So you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, That just really drove me nuts. Um, So then we cut to a dingy bar uh, that appears to have just, like, no rules whatsoever. Like, people can sit on pool tables. That really bothered me. Um, That's expensive. That is
1: expensive.
0: You're going to wreck the felt. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I've I have been in so many bars where if somebody did that like a bartender or a manager would come over and be like you better get off that. This is an expense. And they got table. like bare feet on in the bar. Like yeah. that was nasty. I was just like everything about this bar is just and but it's like it's not a seedy bar. It just looks like a normal bar full, full of disrespectful people. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very confused. Um but I, I think it's interesting that they create these characters who are not redeeming. And then when they die, you don't give a shit mm-hmm. because they're just losers. Um. So this guy is like, all right, I got to go get a cab, whatever. Um, And it looked like he was like about to hook up with two women. Mm-hmm. Right. Am I wrong?
1: Either he knew them or he was about to hook up with them.
0: It seemed like they, he was they were he was like, I gotta go do a thing, but like I'll see you two later. Like that's kind of the way I was reading. Okay. It. Um But anyway, um Yeah, so he gets in he gets in the cab and uh then we go back to Lincoln and yeah, this this is when I wrote the note, like, it's weird to watch this movie now because if a cop wants to get involved in a more nonviolent part of the job, I'm supporting that. And I think Lincoln's a dick for pushing her to do something else. So, mm-hmm. you know, and also her dad died by firearm suicide. Yeah. So she's like, okay, this could run in the family. Mm-hmm. And this level of stress is probably not good for me and in an interest of my health, this is what I want to go into, and he doesn't fucking give a shit. No, it's and like he is sucks.
1: Sure, he doesn't even fucking know her. Yeah,
0: it's really like everything about it is so bad. Yeah. So, but we're supposed to be, you know, Lincoln's supposed to be the hero, and we're we're supposed to think that's really cool. Yeah, it, it's cool like, like that it's motorcycle like, that just that's went by. Was, that's what I was going to say. Real cool. <laughs> um, like a cool rider. Yeah, the bullying just sucks in this. Um but yeah, so the guy who was in the bar and got in the cab, uh, he ends up getting uh in a he gets put in a bag at some point. Mm-hmm. And then he gets pulled out, tied up in duct tape, and around in that same like layer, it looks like. And this guy starts carving him up. Um, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh this is when we get to the stockyard slaughterhouses conversation. Where they were like, hum, there's, I don't know, there's like this, and then there's also manure, and like, it was like cow bones and manure, and like, where would we find cow bones and manure? It's like a stockyard, what do you, is it really taking you that long to figure that out? A slaughterhouse, yeah, no shit, Sherlock, it wasn't, it's not gonna be a farm, you're in the middle of the city, (sighs) Like, what the fuck do you even think? And they're like, oh, and it must be from the turn of the century. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. They're like, well, let's let's uh let's map these things and let's get the schematics on those. Um and then we see that this tortured guy who got cut up a little bit is about to get nibbled by rats. Um, and Lincoln's health is starting to fail. Yeah. Uh, cause he is using his mouth too much to push these pieces of paper together. So he needs mm-hmm. to take a break. It's and him like, sweat.
1: quite frankly, like with the way he's treating Amelia, like God don't like ugly and that's why his health is failing.
0: There you go. Um, he is pushy. And then I zoned out for a minute of this movie because I was like reading more free Britney shit. Um, Ooh. I really that's it's just it's interesting when that resurges. I guess it's because the conservatorship got extended. Yeah. Um. That's that shit's so depressing to me.
1: I'm pretty uh, sure. Uh, they're gearing up to do an episode of "You're Wrong About" around Britney Spears. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it.
0: I haven't. It's um, very good. In terms of "You're Wrong About the Conservatorship" or "You're no. Wrong About," it's just probably just like. Mm.
1: Well, the whole purpose of the podcast is primarily to take women who were maligned throughout history, like Anna Nicole mm. Smith and, uh, like, Marcia Clark, and they usually do, like, very deep dives to explain, like, this is why you were wrong. Understandable, because, like, the media manipulated you to think this way and that. It's a very, very good show.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I think... It really has been disturbing me lately the way that people, like, make fun of her, like, recent Instagram videos and whatnot. You know, I'm like, do you understand? Like, she can't do anything else. Like, yeah. Like, she has no freedom, and it's very sad. And I would also be acting the way sh- she was if I wasn't allowed to do shit in my life, for sure. So, um. And, oh, God, I don't know. All the control that has been over her life for her, basically, yeah. her whole life. I just really feel for her. So, are, anyway. Are her parents together? Because her mom
1: has been liking a lot of Free Britney posts.
0: Um, I don't think they've been together for a long time. Or if they are, it's um a weird relationship. I don't think they've been together for a long time, though. Hmm. If I remember correctly. um. Yeah, it sounds like she's very in support of free Britney. <laughs> uh, as am I. I don't want to. I don't want her to like accidentally set fire to her house. No. Um, <laughs> because she's bored. Like I don't want that. Like I'm sure she can handle herself. And if she needs help from somebody, I would like her to decide who she has helped her. But anyway, free Britney. Um, we are a free Britney Pro- podcast. <laughs> But uh that's how uh uninteresting this movie was. That I was like, oh <laughs> my god, it's coming back. I'm glad people are talking about it again because this stuff really bothers me. And I hope that uh she gets the help she needs, uh, and not from her dad. Uh, but yeah, so Lincoln oh, so they're getting close to finding this other guy, but Lincoln thinks they didn't make it in time because he couldn't find a deadline through the clues. Um and Amelia is getting close to where he is, and she sees the rats. Um, and she can't tell if this guy is alive because of how covered in rats he is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Lincoln wants her to do it herself because he said nothing contaminates a crime scene more than other cops. Which, uh, true, yes, it's true, I, yes. Look at look at um. I mean there's so many there like are. true crime scenes that got totally trampled and fucked up by other cops. John Benay Ramsey. I that's what that was one of the ones I was thinking of. That first came to mind. Look at um Amanda Knox. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. OJ to an extent. Um yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes that uh, other cops have fucked up. By getting there but at so the same she <laughs> at the same time yeah he's putting a lot of responsibility on her which is not fair uh but i also get it yeah. um she finds a match b- box and they're like a clue um and so she takes that in she doesn't think that this guy's gonna leave prints um so she doesn't even bother looking for it but then some other cop on the scene does find a print and they're like oh you didn't think he would leave, Prince. You didn't think he'd leave, Prince. Well, look, Harry he left, Prince. Well, we're gonna go find this guy. So, guess you're wrong. Uh, bye. You know, fucking Michael uh, Rooker, assholes. And then, and then they go. They find the guy, and they're like, "And we got his taxi license." So there. So suck on that, bitch. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so they go. They go find the guy, and he's he's under the car, and they're and it and they're like, "Yeah, from under the car." And then he's not moving because he's dead. Uh, and his finger got removed for prints and no one is shocked except for these guys. Um, because hello, are you paying attention to this case? I mean, I know it's boring, but still pay attention. And, uh, <laughs> I also just put a note, uh, remember when cross necklaces were aesthetic?
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Cause I do. I remember when it was like a status symbol to have a cross necklace. I wanted like one because cool. of Dana Scully. Oh, I, uh, I got one when I got confirmed and it was actually like a very cool necklace. It was like kind of different. It was like kind of, it's kind of like, uh, kind of natural looking, like got leaves on it and stuff. Ooh. It's like a little gnarly, you know, cause you know, it's just like a little alternative Christian girl. Mine had um, my birthstone. Ooh, look at you fancy. Um. <laughs> I just mine was in like earth tone golds it was so weird um I wonder if I still have it I don't think I have mine it makes me sad so weird. it
1: was so small and I think that day I was mostly hyper fixated on the fact that I got ice cream cake
0: oh nice yeah was it for confirmation or was it for a birthday confirmation because in our okay, family
1: yeah. um in our family when we have like a confirmation you get ice cream cake from DQ wow It's just the tradition.
0: I got a mini TV for my confirmation. Oh, nice. It was a TV VHS combo, and I used that shit until I got to college. And for college, I got a TV DVD combo. Moving on Okay, it was amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The memories. Um, But yeah, so... I just noticed – I like I had noticed it earlier in the movie and I was like, man, Amelia is wearing cross necklaces very prominently, and you can tell more when she's wearing like turtlenecks or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but she brings over another piece of evidence. There's another piece of paper found at the scene, and then they get a little close. They have like a little intimate moment because she asks him to smell the piece of paper, and then she and then she drops it and she's fishing around, you know, on his body, and they have a little moment. Um but which I just it's so weird that they were like forcing this romance. Uh Uh-huh. You know this is sorry.
1: Does his dick work? Cause like that scene implied that his dick worked.
0: I have the same question. Uh but I don't know. Um but it was just weird because it's like really, I mean okay, so last night so last night Tuck watched Moana for the first time. Okay. Um and we were and I was saying how much I really enjoy watching a movie where there's where a woman is the protagonist and it has nothing to do with romance. Yeah. There's just no love story. Like that's what I hated about the new Wonder Woman movie. Mm-hmm. It drove me absolutely batshit crazy. I don't know why so many people were rewarding this movie that had to have a fucking love story with Chris Pine. Fuck that shit. It made me so mad. I was like, why? We. Th- th- it added nothing to the story. They could have had a strong friendship and he still could have made that sacrifice for friendship. Yeah. There's like, love had nothing to do with, Any part of that story. And, you know, it's like that's what you see in Moana where it's like she has this friendship with Maui. There's a bond. There's that loyalty there. And it's the friendship and his belief in her abilities that brings him back to help her. And if you haven't watched Moana by now, what's wrong with you? Watch it. I'm sorry. Do you not like
1: joy and also crying
0: cathartically? And also, Jermaine Clement pretending to be David Bowie again. I mean, (laughs) what's your problem? Like, and it's been four years, so just like get your ass together and fucking watch Moana. But um, it just so it's it's like I went from earlier in the day finishing this movie, and then at night I was like, oh, what a relief! Like I'm watching a movie where you know, like where a woman can just be like powerful she doesn't need to be a friggin princess Mm -hmm. she doesn't need to have a love story she just you know she's just like a strong human who doesn't get pushed into anything she doesn't want to do yeah um she's doing what she wants to do and friendship is is helping her and her own self you know her own self-esteem she, and her own determination. She's not,
1: she's not being used as like a mech suit for Denzel Washington to like investigate crimes.
0: Yeah, we're not bedside. playing. We're not playing fucking Tomb Raider right now, okay? <laughs> uh, just another Angelina Jolie reference, and it's not the new Tomb Raider, obviously, because uh, <laughs> that would be better.
1: Um, I loved the new Tomb Raider.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, you know, I've played the new Tomb Raider. I haven't watched the new Tomb oh, Raider. I can't
1: play the new Tomb Raider. I tried and it was uh, making my anxiety go through the roof.
0: I get that. But it's very good. I mean, like the new the new version of Tomb Raider. And I say new as like um, an expanded timeline, right? Because yeah. I think the first new one was maybe like five years ago right now or something. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, I just wanted to use another Angelina Jolie reference. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it just it just drives me nuts because there's no reason you need to have this in the movie. And then the other thing that's fucked up happens a little bit after this. Um, And it's like after. Well, so they so they have this moment. um, They start putting together that. Uh, flesh has been removed from victims on different parts of their bodies yeah um and then as they're having this major breakthrough lincoln has a seizure um and we also see a quick scene of a cop who's trying to stop the taxi driver but the cop gets shot Mm -hmm. and there's a and we see that there's a little girl in the back seat finally Um, some stakes (laughs) yeah like shit's getting real um Lincoln is so Lincoln is asleep after this and Amelia runs her hand over his hand. And then he mentions that there are laws against molesting the handicapped. Like there aren't laws against molesting anyone else. Yeah. And that drove me nuts. (laughs) I was like, what, (laughs) what is happening? So I was like, okay, first of all, your weird paper thing and now she's touching your hand and like what is what is your relationship and like she she should not be touching him he's unconscious right exactly so but that's my point it's like you don't have to say that he should just say you know there's laws against molesting people yeah because what the fuck anyway Really weird, just a really weird statement. Like, well, only if I have a disability, yeah. Is it not okay if you're able-bodied? It's totally okay to touch. Go to when fucking sleeping. town. Like, what a weird, what a weird thing to say. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna like pound.
1: 20 like white claws whatever happens after I pass out b- is between you and God because I'm yeah, able-bodied
0: because I'm able-bodied I was like what a strange thing to say anyway that that line just like really like just just like uh what is it stuck in my craw or stu- whatever
1: yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> right isn't that the same
1: it is getting stuck in my craw
0: okay I was like I don't, I don't think I've ever – I feel like I've said that maybe once in my life.
1: I say it a lot. Really? Yeah, I do. It's such a weird old-timey thing. <laughs>
0: Ooh, yeah, I rankled. I like that too. <laughs> um, what does that mean? Oh, to stick in my gizzard. Or at least like you're to so cr- cry your teeth. So it's just – I think it's like uh, – it's obviously – it's a part of a digestive system of a bird. Oh. or some kinds of animals or insects. Okay. So it's something that it's just it's food that's stuck in your throat before digestion ah, or okay. something. Okay. Yeah. So there so you guys learned something. Uh there you go. Etymology. Um But yeah, so they see we're going deeper than this movie even goes. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome. And uh they they do they're learning that the clues are being, are the killers pointing us to an old book because we needed many, many little pieces of paper for them finally to realize that it's a book. Yeah. Because they're dumb. Uh, and they're like, all right, well, let's go book shopping. And I was like, all right, I'm paying attention now because that's my favorite activity. mm mm-hmm. um, And then you get like, I feel like. The, th- the other thing that's really fucked up about this movie is you just, like, really don't get that many suspects. Yeah. Um, this is, like, the only other suspect and red hair- herring you have in the movie.
1: I feel like they were pushing for Michael Rooker a few times just because of, like, the Dutch angles and the extreme close-ups on his face
0: that were really weird. I, I mean, I guess so. I just read him as asshole. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's like, that's too obvious and he's just an asshole yeah. and I don't, and he doesn't have the finesse, right? Sure,
1: but they, um, they were just doing, doing some weird camera shit around him.
0: Yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, But this was like the first where it's like, well, this guy's bookish, you know? So, like, it's the creepy guy who's helping you find the books. Yeah. Uh, Like, you know uh totally stolen from zodiac. Um <laughs> if you think uh, like when they're looking at old movie posters, it's like the same vibe, different outcome. Um well, depending on what you believe. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But but yeah, so um they find the book and oh, it's called the bone collector. And uh, so basically, she just kind of finds it because she was clumsy, right?
1: Yeah, she (laughs) wanted to climb the shelf. She wanted to be a dumbass kid and climb the shelf instead of like looking around for a stool. Listen, I'm a short one,
0: so I'm fine with that. But she's tall, so she has no excuse.
1: Listen, though, Downtown Books has plenty of like stools to stand on. I'm sure that person does.
0: Go to downtown saying, books,
1: great place. Like
0: she she's a she's a tall one. She yeah. shouldn't be climbing shelves. I'm a short one. I know how to climb shelves. Okay? I make it I make it a professional sport. But stools um, exist, Sammy. No, I totally agree, but my point is she she's not she's not only a rookie cop. She's a rookie climber. Shelf climber, okay? <laughs> And I can tell just from her form and her technique. Mm -hmm. Um, But she dropped a bunch of... If there is a stool available, I will do it. And if there's a tall person available, I will do that. Mm -hmm. But if neither a stool or a tall person is available, I'm climbing that shelf. But I would also return the books that I dropped. Yeah. And I'd just be like, oh, oops, these old expensive books. Yeah. but she, but she ends up finding the bone collector and she, and God, so lucky that they had all those, uh, illustrations. Right. Um, so she didn't have to fucking read. Um, and she was like, oh, look, rats burying steam, all of it. So they're like, all right, this well, it looks like he's going through the book sequentially. So we'll be able to figure out what he's happening ne- happening next. So the next clue is that there's two bodies in the water. So she's okay. like, all right, let's, let's get down there and do it um and they're working on saving the little girl here's another thing that i just realized they saved the little girl but they never asked her any questions well right yeah
1: i i doubt she could like answer any at that point she had been unconscious for a while
0: yeah but she was in the cab that's true there's plenty that she could have observed Mm mm-hmm but they didn't like there's always that scene where it's like that's one thing that's like pretty formulaic in movies like this, where it's like you find the person who survived. And sometimes it's a kid um, like think about uh, Dexter, um, you know, that one kid who saw stuff and he and he had to like help them draw the sketch. Remember that oh, yeah, yeah. Um, of the stuff he saw? I won't spoil that. If you haven't watched Dexter yet, you should. Even if the end frustrates people, I still think it's worth a watch, especially season four. Um, but you know, it's like, why didn't they they made this movie almost two hours long and they didn't take the time to interview the little girl? Stupid yeah. missed opportunity. Um But then they they end up saving her. The old man didn't make it. Um then they look for clues around the scene. She finds part of a badge and she pockets this map and she had stolen some evidence when those guys were like, we found fingerprints. She like grabbed some evidence to like bring it back to Lincoln. Right. Yeah. Um. And then, oh my God. um. And then Chaney just says some like really ableist bullshit about Lincoln. um. And they're trying to, Arrest Amelia for stealing evidence, but she gets away while he's on the radio yelling at Lincoln. And she gets to this old station. That's where she thinks the next clue is. There's lots of dust everywhere. Um, she's getting dust on her shoes. And then she finds a box with no dust on it. And the numbers have been changed to 78499. 9. And she's like, what do those numbers mean? And I actually don't remember what those numbers mean. <laughs> they were his
1: that's his badge number, Lincoln's badge oh. number.
0: Oh. Cause she's like, why I, why is that familiar? Thank you. I missed that part. Um the guy comes uh so this guy comes to the door. Um, Thelma clearly knows him. And she's like, Hey, what are you doing here? And then she gets killed. And you find blowhard Mick Mick ego pants. I don't know. <laughs> also dead Um, and so Lincoln doesn't suspect anything wrong because he just thinks it's Thelma or Amelia and he's like hey who's there what's going on Um, but the guy's like washing blood off his hands Um, and then you see it's Richard and he's like oh Thelma asked me to come by to check the heart pacing machine remember me I was in the first five minutes of the movie and never showed up any other time until now lazy boring blah (laughs) <laughs> um, like even the Incredibles did this better okay well I mean the Incredibles is such a good movie I sh- like that's so disrespectful to Brad Bird I'm so sorry Brad Bird it was an amazing movie I suck Um, but even they built it up in a better more compelling way like yeah. seeing someone at the very beginning and then having it pay off in the end made a lot of sense in the context of that movie and the context of this movie I feel like the motivation is really confusing mm-hmm. just like It's, like, for, like, academic clout reasons, and I just think that's weak. Just, like, you know, killing someone with a cupcake over a boy, also weak.
1: Yeah. But at least that movie, like, acknowledged that that was weak.
0: Yeah, this doesn't even really acknowledge that it's weak. It was just, like, it was basically, like, you disregarded. Like, wasn't it, like, he was talking about Syracuse? He, uh...
1: Lincoln wrote something along the lines that ended up um, implying that Richard had been planting and tampering with evidence.
0: Yes. Yeah. And, but I mean, I don't know. I still thought it was weak. It was very weak. Okay. All right. I'm like, I just feel like it was weak. And then he's like, I got brutalized in jail. And I'm like. I feel like you probably did that shit. If he said you did that shit, I'm probably... You probably did that shit. Yeah. And if you couldn't argue your way out of it, then you just needed a better lawyer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but then, I, I think the reason I hate it is just because it this whole... This reveal just felt lazy. The whole thing. I don't know. I just didn't like it. But it was just like, you know, he disrespects the things that Lincoln was putting forward, but it didn't seem like he... <sighs> I just can't imagine that someone's writing well, okay. We're living in like serial times and stuff, but um but I still don't think that someone's writing would have put him away if he didn't deserve I don't know. I don't know. I just that whole thing was just I didn't like it. Yeah. Um and then and then he and then that he had such a long vendetta and used like books and these clues and stuff. And he's like, I played you, I tested you, I gave you every clue, and you failed, you fuck. And it's like, all right, they were figuring it out. So, like, chill. Uh, They also pieced together all your old cases. So it's not like they were doing nothing. True, true. So I don't know why you're implying that they're doing nothing. Um, But then he he just has the worst dialogue for a villain ever. Mm Mm-hmm uh when he's like what kind of vegetable do you want to be a zucchini. carrot a zucchini I guess, <laughs> like and then he just and he's like that guy at the bar who keeps telling the joke because he thinks you didn't hear him the first time but you did and it's just a bad joke yeah. and that's why you're not responding <laughs> and then he just keeps telling the bad joke and you're like yeah i heard you the first time i thought it sucked which is why i was trying not to encourage it and here you are persisting (laughs) um so i hated that uh but lincoln uh oh he also hit the auxiliary power on his shit because he knew that richard was going to try to turn some of his stuff off yeah which was smart um and then he starts to go for i mean and it's like i mean how powerful do you feel attacking someone who barely has mobility Mm -hmm. also weak the whole thing's just sad. And so then he dropped the bed on him so that his hand got totally smashed. Yeah. Um, he gets thrown out of bed at some point. And then Lincoln starts whispering and Richard's like, what? And then he like takes a bite <laughs> out of his neck. <laughs> like, get, get to that jugular. And then Richard's like, all right, enough with this fuckery. And he raises his hands to stab him. And then Amelia shoots him. I wish it had been the bird that would have killed him. Oh, yeah, we never talked about the bird, and you were texting me about that on my walk. Um, so that was, like, pretty early, like, when we first see that it's not, like, a hospital bed, but it's his apartment. There's, like, a falcon outside. Mm-hmm. And uh, why don't you tell us what falcom, um, falcon uh, symbolism is? Okay.
1: I want to pull it up on Google again so I can, like, credit the person. Okay. Falcon symbolism. But basically, it's just apparently, like, a you're to beware. I can't find it again. But it's like something's coming your way. Be on your guard or something.
0: Yeah, let me see. Wait, hold on. Let me see. I'm going to look in. Oh, here. Uh, this came from antiflow.com. Mm-hmm. Uh about magic. Awaken your magic powers. What does it mean for a falcon to come flying into your window? It didn't come flying into the window though. No. It was outside. But if it came flying into your window, it's a sign that you need to be careful and vigilant in the near future. The omen can mean uh that you're going to encounter opportunities that will come your way and you should be careful. So if if I mean Seeing as how they were so bad with, like, all clues and symbolism in this entire movie, I don't know if I want to give them credit for, like, this. Yeah. Um, but if they meant it that way, I think it makes sense. I don't know. So, I don't know.
1: Maybe they just wanted a pretty bird.
0: I feel like I'm being so um, critical. Um, I don't know. But anyway... Um, yeah, so, so he dies, and then we cut to a fancy Christmas party. Uh Uh-huh. Right?
1: Yeah, it's the Christmas party. And And then,
0: what? Oh, go ahead.
1: You think Lincoln's, like, dead, that he died in the struggle, but he's alive? And I guess, like, clearly with her, or... He like forced her into another career diversion, and she's like the new, um, his new caretaker.
0: Yeah, I'm really not sure, but she um, reached out to his family to make sure that they came to Christmas because for some reason they wouldn't come to Christmas. I yeah, don't know. if It you, was like, never established
1: that they were estranged.
0: Yeah. So it no. was such a
1: weird moment.
0: Yeah, it's like, oh my god, you would do that for me? It's like, they weren't gonna come to Christmas? They weren't, okay, well, I don't, alright, whatever. Um, Yeah, there's just so many things that are confusing me in this movie. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess, um, maybe I'm being too critical about Richard, because now I'm thinking about it more, and I'm like, Man, I don't know. I guess getting brutalized in prison would make you angry, right? But I, I just have a hard time believing that he was innocent. I guess that's my yeah. point. Yeah. I have a really hard time believing he was innocent. Um, And there isn't really a lot that they did to like back up, like that he was the one who did it or that it made, like, there was a lot of credibility to that or anything uh, like that. So, um, uh, I would give this movie like one and a half out of five scoops.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm like, I don't mean to be a copycat, which is That's also a better crime movie or a better crime <laughs> movie. But yeah. Agreed.
0: Yeah. Like it just, I'm sad because my memory didn't match up to reality, but now I'm very interested in, like I said, revisiting, revisiting some other old movies uh-huh. like, like Flatliners. I'd really like to revisit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, now I'm looking at um, no not the 2017 one. oh good Lord no yeah. um that I heard got just the te- the most terrible reviews. Um, I'm talking about the 1990 movie yeah. with like all of the famous people um that still didn't get that amazing of reviews but I would like to go back and see what that was all about. Like if I still like it, because um, there's like Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, William Baldwin, and Julia Roberts, um, in that movie, and um, I'm I'm looking through some stuff right now. It was directed by Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Um, Rest I mean i th- I thought it was a, a a pretty a pretty good movie. Oh, I didn't realize he did Phone Booth. Oh, my God. It would be fun to rewatch Phone Booth, too. I've
1: never seen Phone
0: Booth. Oh, my God. its I mean, it really is like a movie just like set in a phone booth. It is the majority of the action takes place in the phone booth. And it's interesting to see what they what they do with that. But anyway, um, what are we watching next? I'm not sure. I think is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Hmm. I'm sorry that I I gave us the stinker.
1: No, I mean I it's I think it's more entertaining when we have one that like that's, we both like can mutually rip apart.
0: That's generous. I mean, I knew that this was an important movie to both of us, it, and it is. Yeah, super sad to go back and go. Oh, this was not what I remembered it to be. Yeah. But that's okay.
1: I have to think if like I want to, because like our first two had like the connection of sorority houses, and now I'm trying to think if like I want to pick like another like hard-boiled
0: thriller. Mm, that would be fun. Like yeah. Like Copycat. Or... I haven't watched Copycat.
1: Oh. So that we, might be a good one. We might one. have to see where it is available, because I watched the shit out of that when it came out.
0: So that was 1995. Does yeah. that sound right? Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, there are rental options. I would. I would definitely would rent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. And All right. It, and well, that's
1: another one where it's like, does it hold? Up, does it hold up in that little like
0: uh torch dude, I have? But like right. Sigour- Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter, I'm yeah. in. I'm in. Yeah. I love Holly Hunter and everything, and, and Sigourney Comic Weaver is so Speaking of Sigourney Weaver, at some point, I think we should discuss Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Um, because that is one of the most important movies to me in mm-hmm. this in this arena. <laughs> yes. So we definitely need to talk about that. All right, cool. Well, you'll probably hear Copycat next week unless we change our minds. <laughs> yes. But it's, it's it's got a special
1: place in my heart and like it runs with like this theme.
0: Yeah, this seems like a good fit. Okay, cool. Perfect. Well, until then, everybody, you know, take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be kind. Mm -hmm. Don't be racist.
1: (laughs) Don't open the schools face-to-face in the fall.
0: Don't open the schools face-to-face in the fall. Take care of your teachers. Take care of the adults in your life as well as the children. Peace. All right, Bye. Bye.